Guys, we have rampant goats over here. Oh my gosh, how are the goats doing? I'm not joking you, in the middle of the episode, hopefully Katie can edit this out, James called me twice. He sent me, despite the fact that he knew that I was podcasting, and he sent me a picture of the goats on top of a roof of a broken down building. Oh my gosh, how did that happen? They're wild. They are escape artists. Literally, if you know anything about goats or if you want goats, they are amazing. They're cute. They love to snuggle and they can you can train them like a dog almost, but they are escape artists and they will always get out of any pen that you put them in. And today we found them on a roof. Oh, that is wild. They are wild. I know. It's insane. It is insane. It's so funny. At the end of the episode, you'll hear a little shout out to Wayvine Winery and Vineyard, James's winery with his brother, Zach. And James, since the start of this podcast, has been asking me, James is my boyfriend, um, when they were going to get a shout out. <laughs> you know, we have been trying to book James. He is Kim Kardashian over here. I'm like, I need to set up another time. Like, you know, put me in contact with his people. My people will call your people. Like, he is just a busy man. Right. What did he say when you tried to propose a date to him? He said, I'll get back to you. And then he never got back to you. I was like, okay, Kim Kardashian. But, you know. Which I think is funny because you should see his calendar. It doesn't exist. There is literally nothing on his calendar <laughs> at any time. Well, he is booked and busy, apparently. So I'm just going to need to try and, you know, work out another date with him real soon. Yeah. <laughs> He's a grape wrangler. All he cares about are his grapes. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's good wine, so. It definitely is. So in addition to all of the wine, we talk about getting to know Husk and Tribe, which are two salons that Emily and Andrew have in Chad's Ford right down the road from us. And they have an inspiring space. Oh my goodness. It is so beautiful. So beautiful. And just them as a couple was so fun to talk to. They're, you know, just such a great dynamic and everything that they shared about business and, you know, pouring your passion into your business was so inspiring. I left the conversation super inspired by the both of them. And it's really interesting just hearing their journey and how they grew very organically and everything happened very naturally. So it's a really interesting converse conversation, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. So let's get into the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Flourish We Grow Together podcast. This is Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space and Dean Street Law. Flourish is a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to co-work and host events in Westchester, PA. Most importantly, it's a community, a community of people who want to grow together. And so we are so excited to bring this community to you virtually through the We Grow Together podcast and also expand out into the world. And I'm here today with my co-hosts, Lindsay DeFrancesco and Casey Fluharty. Hi, everyone. It's Lindsay DeFrancesco, the co-founder of Flourish. And I'm Casey, the community manager of Flourish. 
We are so, so excited to chat with some dear friends of ours right down the road in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, Emily and Andrew Stefano, owners of Tribe and Husk. We would love for you to introduce yourselves to everyone. Hi, my name is Emily. Thank you for the introduction. We are super excited to be a part of this. We've had so much fun um, with you all in the past in your beautiful space. Um, and I am the owner slash makeup artist slash esthetician um, of Tribe and Husk. Hi, this is Andrew, and I am Emily's husband, also co-owner of Tribe and Husk and creative director. And yeah, we're super excited to do this today and talk with some good people. I'm really excited because Emily was so fantastic and sat down with us for dinner at Savano Bistro months before we opened up Flourish and just allowed us to pick her brain about design and execution because if you check out Tribe and Husk in Chad's Ford, they are lush and gorgeous and so aligned with the aesthetic that we love and wanted to create with Flourish. So Emily, thank you so much for allowing us to pick your brain and and you know taking the chance to get to know us and everything. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It was exciting to be able to do your facial too. You guys were so sweet and we can't wait to see where the relationship kind of takes us in, in Chester County as, as business friends. Oh, absolutely. And can you explain to everybody what Husk and Tribe are if they might not be familiar? Absolutely. Well, we're not a bar. Um, no, on our sign outside, we have so many people come in because it says style bar instead of salon like you would typically see. So people come in and they're like, oh, is this a bar? Can we have a drink? And we're like, no, it's, we're a salon. Um, but basically, we are a um, almost fully sustainable salon like yourself. We have a lush green wall. Um, we have um, LED lighting. We have our Nest system. We recycle 95% of everything that we utilize in the salon down to foils and hair, um, leftover color, so it doesn't go in the waterways. So we've created a space that definitely has evolved from where we were in 2013 um, when we first opened that is sustainable. Um, and we just do beautiful hair. We like doing natural hair, um, beachy, fresh, easy lived in hairstyles, coloring, um, we do the full shebang. Um, we also recently opened up Husk, which is our um, sister brand, um, which is um, natural nails, um, as well as we were, before all of the craziness of lovely Corona happened, we were about to launch our skin side, um, skin and wellness center, which uh, will be doing holistic facials um, as well. Um, and on top of that, we just keep it going. Uh, we also offer uh, infrared sauna treatment. So we've sort of created this hub of hair, skin, nails, and wellness all under one roof. And it is such an experience. Linz, do you remember that time when I was so stressed out because we have so much legal work and I was like, I need a facial. And you're like, I got you. <laughs> I was like, I know the place. <laughs> and it's such an experience going in there. You guys treat everybody there. The customer experience is truly an experience. I feel like you have transcended the idea of offering a product and service to truly offering an experience where you really work closely with everybody, all of your customers, and find out what they need and tailor the experience to them. And then not only that, the beauty water 
that's served is so delicious. <laughs> oh, no, that's really sweet of you to say because it's something that we we've built the foundation of the business on so being able to create an environment where um, women could come in, they could feel comfortable, not intimidated. Um, and myself and Andrew, my husband, co-owner, we can also relate and talk with all every customer that walks in the door. And even more importantly, we wanted to create a space that employees really enjoyed coming to work. You know, we've both had jobs and our, I'm going to date myself here, but We've both had jobs in our past, a lot of jobs that, um, you know, you weren't excited and happy to go to. And we wanted to, if having this business, we wanted to create a, a place where employees really thoroughly love their job. Um, and hopefully we did that from what we hear from our team so far. They're very excited. You know, we, we have a lot of team members who've been on for a while. So, sorry, that was a long-winded, a long-winded comment. <laughs> You're so fine. I would actually love to get into like that previous area, though, um, like you were saying, what kind of happened and what led you guys to opening up the salon? Oh, boy. Where do we start? Um, well, well, I'll go back with um, Andrew and I have had a long history of as we were preparing for the podcast and thinking about what we were going to talk about with our how we've started you know, him and I have had a long relationship of creativity together. Um, we're high school sweethearts. So we've been together for 21 years. For, 43 years, I think it is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> had some days, especially now since we're stuck with each other every day. Um, but we've been together for about 21 years. And we realized that every single job we've had, we've worked together. Um, we worked back in the day. We worked at Tommy Jean's. Um, we worked in retail stores together. We were creative together. We used to do interior design for for friends. Um, we would be painting furniture. So anything in the past that we've done, we've really worked together. So we always knew that we had that in us and we wanted to eventually start a business on our own and work together because we do thoroughly enjoy being together. And um, I think we both feed off of each other really well with our creativity. So... With that being said, we had purchased our house in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. Um, we always wanted to live in a small town. And with that, we really wanted to have a business someday in a small town and really connect with the community and create a culture there. So after buying our house, um, we both realized that we wanted to do something for ourselves. Um, and with that, we still were, we still worked full-time jobs. Um, I had an 11 year, um, stunt with, uh, anthropology, uh, doing their creative interior design. I was a district visual manager and Andrew was a creative director at the time for different agencies. Um, so we found a space in Kennett square after kind of thinking about what we wanted to do and, um, and we literally just found this space that came about. And then we kind of backtracked and figured out, okay, we found a space. What do we want to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Emily was doing makeup at, at the time with her sister, who um, is a hairstylist. And that sort of was like the early bones of what the concept would be. And her and her sister kind of came up with, you know, what could we do that's a little bit different? Um, the space was really beautiful and we started building it out um, with the idea of doing workshops. So the, the landlord at the time was willing to do 
like a pop-up. So we started the space with just kind of a two week that then ran on to like a month and then um, kind of jumped full in and signed a full uh, one year lease with really just this concept of um, really boutique, um, taking small clientele and doing workshops and having women come in where Emily and her sister would sort of walk them through um, what skincare was like, what makeup was like, what um, you could you could style your hair at home. And yeah, we just sort of like built on that. And it was this really kind of quick roller coaster where we didn't really have a plan and long-term goal of let's open a salon, let's do clean beauty. And yeah, just sort of took it month by month. And before we knew it, we were about nine months in and um, just continued to kind of grow. And uh, unfortunately, Emily's sister, um, her husband actually uh, got a great job offer. So they moved and relocated, which put us at a, at a real kind of work in the road with what are we going to do? Emily and I were still working full time, but we saw something here and really loved kind of like what we were doing. We were spending our weekends here working, um, spending weeknights there working and just sort of like really had that passion for um, what this could be. So that's where Emily and I really kind of just said, all right, let's let's go all in on this. And I think at that point was when we signed another two year lease and began hiring out um, to bring on stylists. So we brought on some stylists and yeah, again, kind of keeps going more and more. Sorry, that there as we started to think about the story behind it, we were like, wow, it was really exciting to like go back and think about how we started because then uh, when you have a business that's been established for, you know, we're not that old, we're now going on 7 years. Yeah. Um we mm-hmm. started in 2013, but you don't always sit back and reflect on like, okay, where did we come from? Where were our roots? And I think it's really important to stop and think where did this all come from? Especially so you don't get lost in your business and lost in all the numbers and lost in losing that um, reason that you actually started the business. So as Andrew said, we really wanted to create a space where women felt comfortable coming and we could really show them how to do their own hair and makeup. When we first started, even though my sister was a hairstylist, um, we didn't actually do full services. We literally had like women come in in groups of seven and we would do they would have wine and we would have appetizers and it would really be by appointment only. Um, And it was just weekends. So even though we had the space for the whole week, we really only utilized it on weekends. And it was really exciting. It was something that we created as like a passion project versus we want to start a business, you know, to make money. And of course you want to, but um, we really, we really were excited about having this fun passion project that really filled our cups every day. Um, yeah, and really started with nothing. We um, we had, I think we started with like $4,000, and I blew that on a makeup line um, right off the bat. <laughs> of course, why not? My sister like let me. She was like, okay, we'll spend the whole amount of money on a makeup line. Um, but that really, it was kind of like the thread that held everything together and started it. Once we had that makeup line, it was like, oh my gosh, we're official. We have a tester unit. Like, this is real. <laughs> That's so awesome. And I think that for you guys, everything grew like the business. It all grew very organically. Like your next step almost just like came to you. Um, Would you go back and have done that differently at any time? Like, would you, if you were going back now, would you have both decided to just like quit your jobs, commit to it 
and do the whole thing like build out right away? Or are you guys happy how it ended that it was a very small and organic and step-by-step growth? Yeah, I, I think definitely we're really happy with sort of the trajectory that the business has been on with how it sort of organically grew. I think there was like a really kind of like Emily said, looking back on it, like it, it's really exciting to think about the kind of chaos that went along with kind of building out our space while we were juggling full-time jobs and kind of not having a business background and sort of just winging it. There was, there was something that was like kind of really fun about that. Um, it was crazy. And, and when I think about back then, I'm like, oh my gosh, we were so insane to think like we could just do this. Um, but there's also a really rewarding aspect of it to know that, you know, we put 110% into it and, and we're really happy with the outcome and how it did happen organically. And I think Emily can attest to like, she ended up leaving her full-time job, um, about four years ago and I left mine just last year. So we sort of had a staggered approach there. And I think it was kind of nice to have that while we were building up out tribe that we, we kind of had that in our back pocket to know like, okay, well, at least we still have um, our full-time jobs in case anything were to happen. So there was kind of that risk that was not, not 100% there with having our jobs. Yeah. I I think there's something really scary to think back and say, wow, how did we do this with no business plan? Really? Um, We made a business plan on the kitchen table with a piece of paper that pretty much was like, very generic and very minimal. Um, It's really scary to think about, but at the same time, I don't think we would have grown like we did if we didn't do it organically because that's the type of people we are. I mean, Andrew's the, he's like the realist in the relationship and I'm kind of the dreamer. So we balance each other really well, which makes our relationship work well most of the time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. I think if, if someone were starting a business today, I would absolutely think the, the main thing is having a passion for what you're doing um, and really focusing on what you want to create and how that's going to be long term or, you know, 10 years down the road, are you going to see a future doing that? Um, because I think passion is really important. I think that it's beautiful the way that you guys um, have grown too. Thanks. Yeah, we're, we're, and, and on the, on kind of growth, like as we were going through that history, Emily had said, you know, we, we bought our house in Kennett Square and loved the small town and opened this space. But after about two and a half years, we realized that we were sort of at capacity. It was a really small building. We were, um, we had two, two chairs and we had three stylists that were sort of juggling those, those chairs and building their, their books with clients. And that's sort of the next, big chapter when Emily and I decided, okay, we, we needed a new space. And that was really fun. But again, just happened completely organically and happened while we were on a road trip and just sort of talked through like, what could rent be? And what if we had this many clients in this week? And what if nobody showed up, but we had one client, we probably could do that for, and just kind of like coming up with these really crude mathematical equations of like, how could we survive if we signed on a new lease at a new building? And that was when we found the space that we're in now, which is just like, you know, it's our goal to be here forever. We absolutely love this space. And that's when kind of that next chapter of building it, building it out happened. And most people who work with us or know us, friends, family, 
they know when we go on a vacation, they're like, oh gosh, what's going to happen when they come back? Because one little fun fact about us is this is kind of crazy. We drive everywhere. We don't fly. Andrew and I have actually never flown together. It sounds really sad, but we're in it together. So it's okay. (laughs) We are both terrified of flying. So we take a lot of road trips and it's actually great because those are kind of like our think tank where we're stuck in the car with each other and we really kind of brainstorm and get motivated and inspired. And then of course we always go on the same vacation. We love the beach. So we really do get inspired in different ways, but our road trips are, are pretty, it's, it's kind of insane. Every time we've gone on a road trip the past what, five years, we've, either launch something new or we brainstorm something new. Um, So it's been, that's kind of, you know, we need that time to be able to get away with each other and really inspire. And that's sort of like our business planning. I hate to say it. I'll take notes sometimes so we don't forget. Um, But yeah, that's, it's, it's really important to keep inspired in different ways. It's a good point that you make too, because I feel like everyone needs to, take that time to take a step back. And sometimes when you do take a step back, you see areas of either opportunity or areas that you might not see when you're like right there close to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Emily said, those, I mean, we're, we're trying to, we try to constantly do that to take a step back and look at it from a different perspective. But um, like she said, sort of all the big shifts and big moves have always sort of come on the heels of um, like a 17 hour road trip. So (laughs) Um, 17 hours, four different destinations with our two dogs. (laughs) I'm curious though, on these, what sounds like amazing, fun, beautiful road trips. At what point was Husk an idea that you guys had on a road trip? At what point did you decide, you know, you had tribe and then you were going to open up Husk? Very good question, because now we've done the salon. (laughs) We've done the hair thing, which we absolutely love, which we never thought we would own a salon in a million years. And it just kind of happened and evolved um, because I definitely I have a makeup background and Andrew has a a creative background of design. Um, I guess it was about three years ago we started brainstorming. so I guess, let me back up, I guess. So in my early twenties, I actually worked for origins, which is still around. Um, it's now owned by SA Lauder back when I worked for them again, dating myself, they were a, a private company. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I was with them for four years before I started with anthropology and with them, I really got immersed into the skin world in my early 20s um, and the, the more holistic natural skin world. So um, and makeup as well is when I started doing uh, when I worked for Origins. So the skin has always been there. Um, it just hadn't happened. So about three years ago, um, after doing freelance makeup for a long time, we went on vacation and we were in the car, obviously talking. Yeah. And we were like, why are we not doing anything with skin? Um, And at the time, I did not have my aesthetic license. Um, I actually went back in my mid-30s to get it, um, which was exciting, and I wouldn't change a thing. Um, But that is when that evolved, and I decided to go back to school and get my license and actually be able to really dig deeper on a deeper level with clients into their skin with, with the knowledge backing it up. Um, and also wanted to branch into a different world that, you know, 
it's very prevalent now, um, but holistic and more clean skincare wasn't, you know, 10 years ago. It was, it was there, but it just wasn't as popular now. Um, and Andrew and I have been using clean beauty now for 17 years. So, um, and we've seen results and, you know, we just feel good. You, you know, you're not putting all those chemicals into your body. But we were on a, sorry, that was a long-winded answer, but we were on a road trip and we started talking about what's next because we're always, our wheels are always spinning, always spinning. And um, yeah, we, we've definitely recognized that need. And there also was the nail aspect. So for the longest time that we had been in this building, um, a lot of our clients had been saying, when are you guys going to do, you know, they would say spa, when are you guys going to do nails? And, and there, we recognized that need. And the, the sort of more boring portion of the of the story too is that when we took this building, we convinced after three um, very long times of begging him, we convinced him to divide the space into two because we didn't want the whole building. Um, and he, we did some construction and made that happen. And the whole building next door where Husk is now. He never was able to rent it. And um, for the longest time, we were really worried that we were going to wind up with some neighbors that would, you know, wouldn't jive right with us. And we were really nervous because the space is beautiful, but it just was too much to take at the moment. And the timing just really did work out because we were on a road trip and Emily was really getting more and more passionate about wanting to bring skincare into the space, um, as well as that building just was sitting there right next to us with you know, an open, uh, uh, an opening in the back where you could get to both sides and it just really made sense. So, um, that sort of was a big shift of, of making us go to the next step because we took the, that the lease for that space. And, and that was sort of where Husk was, was, was built from. And I'm not going to lie. We were hemming and hawing. We we're like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? Our clients want nails. I love getting my nails done every two weeks. Um, we just wanted to make sure that it felt like us, um, because we also, it's that balance between really catering to your clients and the culture of what you're create, what you've created. Um, but really staying true to who you are. There's been so many things that clients have come to us and they're like, are you guys going to do this? Are you going to do this? And we're like, Oh, it's not us. You know, we don't, you know, we know that there's profit there. We know that we can be successful and make money doing it. But we, we don't just do things to make money. We want to make sure that we truly it, are passionate about it. And it's something that, you know, at the end of the day, our, our names are on too. Um, so nails, we definitely went into um, with a little apprehension just because now we're, we're starting to turn into that typical salon, which we wanted to stay true to being this unique experience. It's a little bit different. Um, but we figured out how to do it in a different way. Um, and again, in a clean way where we were still standing by what we represent. Um, so yes, Husk um, emerged with nails and brows. Um, and what also helped us launch into that was just finding people that we absolutely loved and that we knew would be such a great fit. Um, we recruited our brow specialist, Liz, who's with us now. She she made us want to do brows. She's such a great person. Um, and not to jump into the people piece, but I feel like sometimes if you find those great people that you want part of your culture and your team, we sometimes just will create a role because we feel like we just want them in our lives. And we, we feel like we want to create a path for them as well. Um, and not to backtrack a little bit, but our first employee that we brought on, Kelsey, 
she's been with us for the past six and a half years now. She's been with us from the beginning. And it's, it's just so amazing to see someone grow and, and just see somebody want to be with us. Um, so we really, our, our team really helps us feed our inspiration on keeping the business going and keeping it strong and fresh and new and exciting. Um, so that our team is like huge to us. I think that that's such good advice um, saying that you have to stay true to what, you know, you're good at. And I think that you'll excel when you do do that instead of getting distracted by kind of outside noise. Um, But I also get my hair done at Tribe and I know you have such an amazing team. Um, I love literally all of them. They're so talented. Can you speak a little bit on, you know, building a really strong team and what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that you, um, the interview process, and I have spoken to this before, like the interview process is really important. I've cold recruited people that I've just had a conversation with because I just got this good vibe from them. I think when you interview someone, you want to, there needs to be these like key moments where you can see them being a part of your team long-term. And um, in this industry, particularly when it's a, you know, it's a, creative industry where you're looking at someone's work, it is, it does become very tricky. Um, But I think Instagram has made it really easy to see stylists work. Um, But there's been times where, you know, we'll see work and we'll bring them in for an interview and they're not the right fit. I think something that we've really stayed true to is making sure that we find the right person that's going to be an amazing teammate that's going to really want to grow with us as a as a business um, versus just hiring people for their craft. I think it's really in this industry, it's really easy to hire someone because they do amazing hair. Um, But we see the person first and then the craft obviously is important. Don't get me wrong. That's something that we want to make sure that everybody leaves here. All of our clients are happy. Um, But what's most important to us is our, is our teammates and the people that we hire and yeah. Yeah, people people can always continue to to learn and and build on their skills and their talents and continue to grow. But um, you know, we we want them to be able to do that here. So that's why when we do interview, we're we're interviewing the person and how they're going to fit with the rest of the team versus looking at their work and saying, well, how many clients can you can you bring us and how many days can you work and how much do you want to be paid? You know, we we look at it solely for the person and figuring out is this person going to a, get along with the rest of the team, get along with us, be an amazing um, part of our culture. And are they going to be with us for, for a long time? Are they going to be someone who is just continuing to grow in this in this family? Because, I mean, honestly, we care so much about our people. And um, that's something that, like, Emily and I just sort of agonize over, where I think probably a lot of places and a lot of small businesses will just hire someone, you know, right off the bat, just because that position's open. And the goal is, you know, I have to fill that position. But Emily and I sometimes will bring people in for two, three interviews. And and um, that probably includes a, like a phone interview before we even meet with them because we're just kind of like crazy about it because we know how important it is to, to bring people into this space that um, can get along with everybody and just be, be a, a part of the culture. Yeah, we've had chairs open for what, year and a half just because we didn't find the right person. I think the people piece is just so important to us and really, you know, spending time with your team. I try to allocate once a month, spending an hour with each team member, um, just going to get coffee and just chatting about 
their growth, um, setting goals, all different types of things. Sometimes we don't have anything to talk about except for, you know, fun things that they're doing or hobbies they like doing or how they're inspiring. Like, it's just really important to connect with your team as well. Um, because there's, you know, it's very easy to let the business side take hold and lose sight of your actual team. And are you communicating with them? And how are you communicating? Is it inspiring? Um, and that sort of thing. Thank you for sharing so much of that. And you guys have grown your team quite tremendously over the last seven years. Can you share where you started to hire first and the different roles that you have within your team? Sure. This disclaimer is, it is always changing. We're always evolving. We're always, you know, we might be switching people around because we see them growing in different areas. Um, But when, you know, my sister decided to move on from the business in the first nine months, Andrew and I looked at each other. We're like, oh my gosh, okay, let's pivot. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Um, so my sister, you know, set us up with a stylist, um, that she had been talking to and she was great. She was with us for, um, a short period of time. She also worked at QVC. Um, but in the meantime, she introduced us to Kelsey, who was our first employee. So we had one employee, um, for the first two years, I believe. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Um, and then we hired one other stylist. So Kelsey was kind of like, she'd be there during the week. She was building her book. She was a new stylist. Um, we kind of helped her, sent her to New York to do classes. We really did spend a lot of time with her, um, helping her grow and, and, and just grow with us. Um, then we hired another stylist. Um, so we, we were up to two. Um, and then when we moved into, or I should say, when we found this new space that we're in now, um, we mapped it out. Um, obviously, we have a passion for design as well. Um, we just kind of have fun with it and let it happen organically. But we mapped out six stations and we knew we wanted to keep it small because our old space just had two um, and we never wanted to be a huge salon. So from there, we had two employees to, to open this new space where we had six chairs. Um, and we just had Kelsey at the time was our stylist, who was also um, our manager. Um, and she helped open up our space with us. Um, and from there we looked at who we wanted to onboard. And, um, I did, you know, we did utilize different ways to recruit through Instagram. Um, and we cultivated a team and were able to hire four more employees. So now we were able to hit that six chair mark. Um, and then it's a blur from there, (laughs) from there, we now have, we now have 14 employees, um, you know, seven years later, which is really exciting. And we pinch ourselves every day. Yeah. But yeah, like, like Emily said, I think we kind of look at, um, I think we look at strengths and, and see where people really excel. And like she said, it's, it's constantly evolving and it's constantly changing. And if, if we see something that somebody is doing, that's amazing. It's like, okay, let's, uh, that's a role. Let's come up with that role. And here's the title that we're going to put with it because, you know, it makes sense. And it's something that you're passionate about. And um, I think that we definitely have some amazing people on our team that that probably just started off as a stylist and then have grown into, you know, something completely different. And what is the makeup of your administrative side how many employees do you have working on administrative aspects of the business and what are their roles within that? 
Um, well. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's Emily and, and Andrew um, for, for the admin side and sort of the back office stuff that, that that's, that's on us um, to kind of figure out. And we also do a bit of the, the marketing aspect of it and sort of all that sort of fun payroll stuff that nobody really wants to think about um, is, is definitely Emily and I. We, we're learning, you know, we definitely don't have the perfect business um, and we are fully driven by passion and drive and love doing what we do. And I would say that, you know, as we grow, we are looking at different ways that we can kind of alleviate off of us some of these tasks that, you know, we could hire. I think we're very, we're trying to be very smart about who we hire, what they're capable of, um, and, and then the growth potential, because we for sure seeing more growth within you know our brands so we're very controlling which having your own business it's very easy to get lost and control things um so we're that side you know we're still learning um we have some amazing members of our team who do ordering products um and inventory and that sort of aspect of it although we have a heavy hand in it as well um so we are still learning, you know, how to run a business and what roles are important and what roles can we let go and what, what things should we be doing. So that part is not a perfect answer. We, we definitely have some room to figure out different aspects of the business and how better we can delegate. I think that that's part of like the entrepreneurial journey too, is having your hands in kind of all aspects of the business and learning all sides of it. And you guys are definitely true entrepreneurs. I'm curious, you know, you and your team have built such successful businesses, um, you know, try being recognized by Philadelphia Magazine and Allure. What are some key factors to, you know, having a successful business, would you say? Yeah, I would. I mean, kind of on some of the things that we touched on probably already, just really, really having a passion for what you're doing. Um, Emily and I, when we started it, it was, it was strictly a passion. We never looked at each other and said, Hey, we have a business and let's quit our jobs and do it. It was like very kind of day by day, month by month. And before you know it, we're two years in and three years in and we're in a new space. So, um, I think just never losing sight of that passion and, and that like hunger for growth. Um, I think that's always been there and Emily and I just always have loved sort of the experience and culture end of it. So I think with putting those things at a higher priority than thinking about like the money and, and can we pay ourselves? And is there even going to be a day where that happens? Um, we've always just sort of focused on what is the client experience and what is the culture for our team and how do we make it a place that our team can come to and, and just love. So that that's sort of been our, our main focuses. Yeah, I think it's about to, like Andrew said, it, it's creating something different. I think as the industry starts to expand and, you know, green salons are starting to pop up, it's okay, how can you still push yourself and be different and really focus on the client and the customer? And like Andrew said, the experience, like, we are crazy down to the point of we have our own playlist. We love music. We love food. We love culture. Um, so we really try to bring what we love and what we're hearing from our team that they love into the business. Um, I don't, we have a, a tribe vibes on Spotify that, you know, there's like 
what is it, like 50 mixes now of music that we play in the salon. Um, so the experience is number one to us. Um, we sometimes will be here until midnight or, you know, when we were moving our spaces, we'd be at the space till two, three in the morning, cleaning and taking care of the plants. And we just, we put a lot into the business. And I think that's really important to know when you do start your own business. And I'm sure you ladies have done it firsthand more recently too. And, you know, in the businesses that you have that are very successful, um, you don't stop. Like there's never a point where it's like, okay, I started my business. Now I'm going to sit back and, you know, eat bonbons and watch Netflix. It's like, you're always working. And when you love it so much, you're, you're always thinking about it. So that's, that's the challenge is how to turn it off and how to like have create that space where you can re-inspire. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you always have your business seven days a week, 24 hours a day, especially when you have a team of people, you know, you always have to be accessible. There's just so many things that go into it. Um, but like Andrew said, even to this day, I'm like embarrassed to say it, but there's some days where we're like, how much did we do today? Or, you know, the money piece has never been the forefront, which, you know, in, in a lot of businesses, it should be. And that's just not us. Like we, we put the passion and the drive first. And then it's like, okay, if we did this X amount today, that's amazing. As long as we can like stay, like sustain our team and keep our business sustained, we're happy. We'll, we'll eat beans and rice. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, those, those have been the most important things. I love your mentality and I think that's so important as a leader to feed your tribe first and that's something that I've always strived to do as well. Did you guys self-fund this entire journey that you've been on? We did. Yeah, yeah we we definitely did. Um, like I said, we we had a couple thousand dollars to start it and I blew that because that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> Um, and a no interest credit card. And I, I won't, I'm not going to encourage that behavior because I definitely think, you know, you have to, you have to really have a lot of passion and drive behind that too. But, um, we did self fund it. And to this day, you know, we still are, are wanting to self fulfill our business and, um, and not kind of branch out to any other options right now. But yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of credit cards and a lot of um, just kind of like going numb and thinking, you know, when I just, when, when you just sign that lease and you do the math and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even think about this. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like our thing. And like I said before, just like doing really, really, really bad crude mathematical equations of like, if we did this in a week, we probably could do this. And um just trying not to put too much focus on it, which is probably terrible business advice to be perfectly honest, but um, we've been able to sort of make it work. And we're actually very, we're very frugal and we've always been, we tease ourselves because we literally have furniture in our house that we got at flea markets from, you know, we were in high school. So we definitely figure out ways to create spaces or create, you know, this illusion of, oh my gosh, that maybe cost them this amount when it's like, okay, they did that with that. Um, so we, we were very thrifty and resourceful. And I think that both that comes from both of our past and our careers, you know, working with anthropology, you had to be very resourceful. Um, so we try to be, we're not like huge spenders. So we try to be very smart with how we spend and is it going to impact or is it you know going to be an oversight? Yeah, I think that's super important. And I think that you're 
perspective on money is the perspective that most a lot of people have. And, you know, I think that there's a healthy balance of at some point you just have to let go of the thought of money because it it can't rule you and it can't be the sole determining factor of what you do. How much, just so we can understand more, because I don't really know too much about the economics of a salon, how much risk is it for you to bring on employees? Is that a full-time commitment for a salary or is that more hourly based on the work that they bring in? I mean, yeah, it sort of it sort of just depends on who that person is and and maybe what their their past looks like, and if um, like the industry sort of has a lot of commission based. But depending on certain roles that might come out, there might be a salary, there might be a mix. So with what we have set up, there's sort of a, a good range uh, all over the place with with how that comes in. So the risk really doesn't come into play too much. It more more so more or less depends on what that role is, um, if, if that sort of answers the question. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. It's fascinating to learn about everybody's different perspectives and experiences as they navigate different industries and businesses. And I have to ask, Emily, you mentioned this a couple times now, that you started the makeup line, which I think is fabulous. And it's not so often that you hear someone say that they started a makeup line. Can you explain to us what went into that and what that process looks like? Because you make it seem so attainable for somebody who's interested in starting a makeup line. So I bought a makeup line. (laughs) So, um, Becca Cosmetics was the line that we first got. I, um, we actually do have a private label line now, um, but just to clarify, sorry. When we, <laughs> when we first started, um, I wanted to buy a makeup line. Um, not necessarily start yet. That's going, that, was, that would be going into it really scary. Um, but just to get your hands on an actual makeup line is very challenging, especially if you don't have a brick and mortar and if you don't even have a business. Um, which we were just starting. So Becca Cosmetics was the line that we purchased um, with pretty much all of our startup money. And um, and I'm sure you've all heard of that. Now they're owned by Estee Lauder. At the time, they were just a private, again, company, an Australian company owned it. Um, but yes, that's just to clarify that piece. <laughs> um, Love it. And so what did it look like to start your own private private label line? So and when was that in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we when we launched Husk in I should know dates and timeframes, but this was two years ago now. Um, we knew that we wanted to have our own brow line. So um, we partnered with a private label company that we found. I hunted and hunted for, you know, different brands um, that do private label makeup, um, that their ingredients weren't as harsh as some of the other lines out there. And we were able to find a line, um, that we partnered with. Um, and obviously Andrew did the creative on that end to get the packaging done. And yeah, so, uh, we just have brow products right now, um, that we've had for two years and it is a pretty darn good brow pencil. I've used a lot in my day and it just like has that soft texture that, that shapes really nicely. It doesn't rip out brow hair. So I tried a lot of different brands to get to the point where we found one that we really liked. 
Um, a long-term goal would be for sure to have um, our own clean makeup line. That's kind of like a goal way down the road, um, which is definitely a process just from my research in getting a private label company. That's so cool. And you shared that, Andrew, you did the product uh, packaging for the makeup line? Um, so I didn't do so much as say like the down to the nitty gritty of the, the actual product design and packaging aspects so much as, um, you know, the branding that we came up with um, for Drive and Husk um, carried over into that. So the company that we did find, um, we were able to work with them to make sure that, you know, our logo was on products and things like that. So, um, yeah, like Emily said, maybe down the road, we could do something where, you know, we're developing packaging and, and putting together products that would be that would be awesome. Um, but like she said, that's probably maybe very far down the future. It comes in handy having a creative husband, I will say, like, it's pretty cool. It will be at home. And I'll be like, hi, let's come up with, you know, we're in the process of building out our, um, our branding a little bit more with maybe getting into some lifestyle things, better packaging here as far as like boxes and tape and tissue. But it's really cool to be able to just have a guy like Andrew in the house that can create that, I will say, or, you know, with us pivoting with Corona, we had to build a website um, as far as a web shop goes, which we weren't going to launch into. Um, but since this all happened, you know, again, we were had to shift gears and he was able to get, you know, a shop, a Shopify app, which is really exciting. Um, so, yeah. And the shop is beautiful, and I got my gua sha and my Vegas nerve oil, so I'm so excited. You guys did a tremendous job pivoting during Corona, and you. So, can you share more of what it is like in a day to day? What is your schedule like? Feel feel free to get as nitty gritty as you'd like. What time you wake up? When you start work? What your work is composed of and how that differs between the two of you in your different roles and functions with the companies. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot different now with Corona um, because be, because we've got the online store up, our, our mornings sort of are um, trying to get packages packed up and shipped out. So that sort of is like our, our everyday morning. Um, Let's be real. Okay, he, Andrew is a morning riser. <laughs> He loves his morning time. And I am some days, but I am not as much as him. He will get up. He His goal is to get up at like four in the morning and have like five hours of productive time. He's like, he doesn't stop. So his time in the morning, he'll get up with Murphy, who's our new puppy. And Maple usually stays in bed with me. But he'll usually get up around, what, seven He'll do some design or inspiring while I'm asleep. That's like his time, his quiet time. Um, he takes Murphy for a walk. And then I kind of get up in in these new days. I get up at like 8.30. I usually don't sleep past like 8, 8.30 in general. Um, and then um, we just go. Like we, we don't stop. Um, we just, that's the one thing that we both have trouble with is like where to have like, I guess our evening time is our time. So we work throughout the day. We'll pick orders up. We'll package them. We'll ship them out. Or we'll do some, you know, designing of some other sorts. We're working on some exterior design right now for our building. Um, hopefully we'll get that up. So it's pretty much just go, go, go. We have a we have a problem with, with bud, 
like bucketing out our day. However, when it hits, what is it like six o'clock? That's like our time um, where we will have a glass of wine or he'll make a cocktail because he makes amazing drinks. He should be a bartender. (laughs) And then we cook dinner. And I guess the evening is kind of like our time to have our time. Um, which is, that's our most important thing for us. And then we might get re-inspired later and start brainstorming some other things. But, um, yeah, like, like you asked, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, I, I would love if it was much more regimented. And I go through these periods where I tell Emily, I'm like, we've got to figure this out. We've got to figure out this schedule because every day is sort of a toss up with different stuff. If somebody, especially now it, it really has changed things, but even before we were closed, um, due to coronavirus, it was, um, you know, before you know it, somebody has to shoot up to the shop and do something, or Emily has an appointment or somebody booked and, um, you know, we have to go up there. So it's sort of never really been able to fall into like a great pattern. And I, I'm hopeful that it will happen soon, but I, <laughs> I, I feel know. like we're bad influences right now. We're like, just go with the flow. <laughs> just let the day happen. <laughs> no, I we try to have structure and obviously fitness and health and wellness is important too. So we try to wiggle that in, whether it's a run or doing, I like to do workouts in the driveway with weights and a mat and my neighbors think I'm crazy because I get, I dance and stuff, but it works for me. <laughs> um, Andrew loves running. So we try to, we try to get some fitness in there because that really does clear our brains and we need that, that space right now. Sorry. We do need that space away from each other to have a 45-minute exercise. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we need more structure in our life some days. And some days are great. We get so much done. But others are kind of a wash. I need to take your advice um, on journaling and planning my day. <laughs> no, I seriously love the, I love the honesty. And, and even when you guys are talking about business planning, how you're like, yeah, kind of just like wrote it on a piece of paper but essentially like that's what you gotta do you just gotta start somewhere and with your day you just gotta like I I love your approach and I love that you guys are that you were 100% honest with it I'm I'm really curious to know how it is working with your significant other and I know that you guys have such a strong relationship you can just tell being with you guys and I kind of want to know like what what it's like working with your significant other, how you guys get through struggles, if you guys even have struggles at times or like differences, anything like that, um, and any advice that you would give someone. Yeah. Well, we've gone through very many struggles. Um, I think in the beginning, we went through a lot more than we, we do now because we kind of worked through how to really own a business and have this overhead and all this responsibility we've really learned how to communicate better. I think I'm going to take a hit because I can be very um, controlling when it comes to the brand and the look and all of these things. And I think I kind of sometimes used to overstep my boundaries with Andrew's creative and that would cause a lot of tension. Um, But we've kind of worked through the best way to work together and that's to know each other's roles. Like, you said it earlier. You said it really well. Yeah, I just think um, I think it's a learning curve for us to kind of figure out what roles we have. And Emily and I really have a great mutual respect for what each of us does and and how we each can excel. 
Um, and we know what things we can really work together with. And then we know what things that like, that's Emily's thing or that's Andrew's thing. And yeah, like Emily said, it, it was kind of, I'm, I'm like really hard on myself in terms of the things that I want to accomplish for the brand and the things that I want to build out. And we've had so many things that have been planned that we want to get done. And normally I think like it's something that I would just do and get it out and, and produce it. And Emily is there to kind of really keep me in check and sense of like, how can we push it further? How can we really work together and, and make it better? So sometimes that can be a little bit of a hiccup or a roadblock. Um, but I think those are sort of the things that we've learned. And I know with Emily, like I know what certain things that I can talk to her about with certain products or lines that she wants to bring on. Like I know that that is something that she is going to excel at. So again, it's probably just having a mutual respect for each other and our strengths and our weaknesses and just knowing how to communicate. And it, it helps, like I said earlier, it helps that he's the realistic viewpoint and I'm the dreamer because he'll like map out the day or map out things he wants to get done. And I'm like, let's just do it. He's like, no, we have to have a plan. We have to figure, like, I have to sit down. I'm like, come on, let's just do it right now. But there's a balance to both of those things because, you know, he knows how he works best. So that's when I pull back and let him do his thing. Um, but no, it's, it's great. It's like pinch yourself moments when him and I can actually be in the space and when we're open and he's running around in here helping clients and I'm running around and it's just, it's so amazing to be able to work with the person that you love and want to spend the rest of your life with. And it's sappy. I'm getting sappy. Um, but this was our goal. Like, this is what we wanted. We, we wanted to be able to spend every moment with each other. And um, it is really important to, to know your roles. I think that that's such good advice. And you guys have such a fun and amazing dynamic. You guys are like the true definition of a power couple, I feel like, for sure. Um, and that was so nice and fun talking to you. Can you let the audience know where they can find you guys on social? Oh, thank Well, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to say that. Like, some, I, we don't, when I hear that word power couple, I'm like, are we a power couple? Okay. <laughs> no, this, it, it's been really fun to, to talk and, and go through all the kind of history and craziness that this has been of, of building this. Um, but yeah, on social, um, Instagram is tribe beauty. Um, for Husk, we have Hux, Husk X tribe. Um, and then you can find us online at Tribe Beauty. And uh, once you get to Tribe Beauty, there's links to Husk. There's links to our online store. Um, yeah. You can also find our crazy personal vacations, our inspiration trips on both of our Instagram pages if you want to get crazy with it. Um, mine is, he calls me Emmer, so it's Emmer77. And then from there, you can find my works page. Yeah. And I'm Ann DeStefano, A-N-D-E-S-T-E-F-A-N-O. Perfect. We'll include all those in the show notes. If you found anything valuable in this episode, please, please DM them, share them some, share with them some love, comment on a latest post about what you learned or what you loved. Just share all the love and check out their online store. It is awesome. And if you can, if you're in the area, be sure to stop in. It is such a 
lush and inspiring space, very similar to Flourish. If you love Flourish, you will absolutely love Tribe and Husk. See what exciting stuff they're about to unveil in the new area of their salon. And just be sure to spread some love and support to them. Thank you both so much for coming on. We so appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to see our partnership grow. And you guys inspire us as well. And we wish you the best. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us for the We Grow Together podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps us grow, and you'll be entered in to win a free month at Flourish, a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to co-work and host events in Westchester. Even if you're not local, you can also win access to all of our workshops that we have on our online shop. And you just have to rate, subscribe, and review and make sure that you leave your handle or a way to contact you in your review so that we can let you know that you've won. You will see everyone who's won announced on our social media as we announce each episode and in the show notes. So if you're curious, you will always know if you check out those two places. You can find us at Flourish Westchester. If you would like to share the podcast, your stories, we would so appreciate that. And you can tag me or follow me at Laura MD Francesco. And you can find me, Lindsay, at Sweet Green Soul. And me at Casey Flo. And can we just talk about how Lindsay just posted the most epic smoothie that is unreal? I mean, Lindsay, I literally screenshot everything on Sweet Green Soul. It's like, okay, putting it in the file, <laughs> need to make this. You're growing so much. I can't wait. I hope by the time this is out that you have your website up. Me too. Everyone needs to check it out. Seriously. Yeah, you have to check it out. It's a, I call them thick shakes, not milkshakes, not smoothies, but thick shakes. I love that. She thick. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. And we also have the 60 days to launch your business guide up on the shop. It is one of our premier offerings that we have. Linz, how epic is that guide. Casey, I'm so proud of you guys whipping that up together. You guys have to check it out because it is 100 pages. It's actually 105 pages. It's literally a book. And I think ultimately, I wish that we would have had this when we started Flourish and when we started Dean Street Law because I took a new venture class and that cost me thousands of dollars and literally this entire guide slash book encompasses all of that information. So what I spent thousands of dollars on, you guys will learn from this guide. It's insane. And it is comprehensive. I mean, it is so much more than that class, Lindsay. It is like years and years of experience. Everything we talk about, not just on the macro level, but we also give 
very authentic and real examples of what we experienced in our business. So this is literally dialed in. If you want to start the business rather than spending hours and hours Googling all of the things that you need, just order this on our website. It's linked in our show notes because it's distilled everything that I wish we had known and have a, had a rubric for to go through as we were launching our businesses. Agreed. It's like this. It's like that class plus the two years of knowledge that we've had from Dean Treat Law and Flourish. So there's different activities. You guys can work through it as if it's like a workbook. Um, I also think that it's really helpful, even if you're not just starting your business, if you want to go back and revisit some of the foundations to just make sure that like your business is has a really good and solid foundation, especially if you're thinking about starting to grow or expand, it'll help you um, refine all the aspects of your business. 100%. I mean, I want to go back through Dean Street Law with this 60 days to launch your business guide. And I, I hope we do. And then I also want to go through my personal brand that I've been building and use the 60 days to launch your business. You can do it at whatever pace makes sense for you. But even for established companies, this is so much value about checking through your health of your company. How are you doing on all of these foundations? And I guarantee you, no matter how experienced you are, you're going to find something in here that you hadn't thought about or done yet. Definitely. 100%. Please check it out. You know, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into it. So <laughs> please. Even I I was, so I'm starting the website for Sweet Green Soul. I'm like starting to build it out. And for that, I had to do a little bit of branding beforehand. And I used like the color scheme section and the branding session to kind of hone in on that. And then there's also a creating your website and the steps to do to create your website. So it walks you through literally everything, which was helpful just to reference while I was building out the website for Sweet Green Soul. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for Sweet Green Soul's website to be up. But everybody, check out the 60 Days to Launch Your Business Guide on our website, linked in our show notes. It is one of the best ways to support us. And we thank you so, so much for all of your support. And we hope that it is invaluable to you. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Dean Street Law is our sister company. I'm Lardy Francesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup, and the different types of entities, all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at deanstreetlaw. We provide a lot of free information. And always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.